Every job has its downsides. Negative parts that we wish weren't there, or that we wish our employees didn't have to endure, but they're still there. So how and when do you tell an applicant what those things are? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So over the week, I was recovering from COVID, as I mentioned. I'm doing much better now. I'm back to about 95%. Uh, And I was reading a story on the internet. I don't know where it was, but um, it was basically an an employee complaining about uh, they took a job. Their version of the story is they took a job, which was advertised as um, working from home, except when absolutely necessary. And uh, so the applicant accepts a job and is told that, well, currently at the moment, it is absolutely necessary to go to the office. And the new employee discovers that it's pretty much always absolutely necessary to work at the office and that they were just lied to. So the employee, the new employee negotiates working from home two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then uh, on the first or second Tuesday or Thursday, the manager texts the new employee, which, of course, the employee publishes all over the Internet <laughs> and demands that the employee come to work because it's supposed, you know, quote unquote, a regular work day and everybody needs to be at the office. So what do you think happens? Well, the employee gets mad and quits. So the employee had this job for something like, you know, six days or four days or something like that. And it reminded me of, of something I saw, which I think. I don't know if it's if it's as bad or worse or better. I don't know, but I I knew a guy once in uh, in like 2009, 2008. This is back in you know when when it was hard to find employees. Um, or I'm sorry, it was not hard to find employees, but it was hard to find salespeople. It was really hard to find salespeople back then. Uh, it, in this particular industry that this guy worked in, so he decided to put an ad in uh, on the internet. Um, for an operations manager, but he was really looking for salespeople, but he couldn't find salespeople. So he put an ad in for an operations manager. And his plan was that once these operations manager applicants applied, when he found somebody he thought would be good at the sales job, he would say, you know, we also have a sales job available. You'd be really good at that. (laughs) And sure enough, he hired, I don't know, two or three people using that tactic. Now it's funny now, but how long until the people he hired figured out that the operations manager had been there for like five years. And then all of a sudden there's two new salespeople and that they were lied to from the very beginning. Like this guy from the very get go as their boss started everything off by just flat out lying to them. How long until they figured that out? And then when they figured that out, like would they possibly believe anything that manager says from now on? Would they possibly trust anything that he ever had to say again? And, and how would they not just feel dopey interacting with the other 40 people at the company who all knew that this was a ruse from the beginning. Um, it just, 
and again, this guy kind of had a history of doing stuff like that. It just reminded me of that and just talk about starting things off completely on the wrong foot. But then I got thinking, I also hear this pretty commonly in a couple of other ways. These are, these are clearly bait and switch tactics that I'm talking about in these examples I've given, but it's not uncommon to hear somebody talk about a job that has quote unquote unlimited income potential. Well, I suppose if all you did is work and you gave up on the idea of going home and spending time with your family or having a hobby or weekends, I suppose there's jobs that that might be able to be classified as having unlimited income potential. But I would argue that most people are probably going to put a limit on how many how many hours they work at, you know, 60, 80, I don't know. Um, at some point, they're going to want to go home and there is going to be a limit on that income potential. Um, and probably more realistic for what I, to what I see today is, um, people, managers, business owners, whatever, um, omitting or downplaying completely the negative parts of the jobs that we know exist. So this is what I want to talk about today. Uh, I don't think it's any less harmful to soft sell the negative parts of the job. Um, I don't think it's beneficial at all to omit those things in the interview process and wait until the applicant is hired to spring this on people. I, I just don't see how that works out. Um, I, I've worked with a number of people who have struggled with this. And the hope is always that, well, they're going to get here and they're going to figure out how great this job is. And then they won't worry about these other negative things that, that I forgot to mention. Um, I don't think that that's a good uh, practice. And I'm going to kind of walk you through how I do it. And I'm also going to highlight a couple things that will help um, if you're in a situation where you feel like you need to do this, where you need to omit these negative things or downplay them, there's a couple of causes of that, and I'm going to go over those, and, and I'm going to give you a couple of solutions as well. At this point in my career, I've conducted hundreds of interviews. Um, I don't think thousands, but hundreds for sure. In every case, I knew the kinds of things that might be a deal breaker for the applicants. I've hired people for jobs with on-call shifts. I've hired people for jobs that required overtime with little notice or no notice. Like, hey, five minutes from now, you're supposed to be off, but we need you to work a couple extra hours. I've hired people for third and second shifts, you know, graveyard and swing shifts, which are wildly unpopular, especially for anybody who has a family or anybody who's in their 20s and has friends. Um, I've hired um, positions with inconsistent or unpredictable schedules. I've hired positions where people had to work with irate customers, which, you know, for some folks, that's just, they can't deal with that. And in any of these cases, what would be the benefit of hiding those things until after the applicant is hired? I just don't understand that. Do we really think that more often than not, the applicant will care less if they find out about something that wouldn't work for them after they've hired instead of finding out before? I think that's absolutely ludicrous. But again, I see this pretty commonly where employers downplay or omit the negative parts of the job, like inconsistent or not, not um, uh, days off that are not, you know, sequential, you know, like a Sunday and Thursday instead of Saturday and Sunday or Tuesday and Wednesday or whatever. Those are the kinds of things I see folks kind of just forget to mention. Again, I don't, I don't know how that, I don't know how that, that the hope is that that's going to work out if they find out after they get the job, if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work for them. And we've wasted all this time in bringing them on board you know, maybe orientation. And then it just looks foolish when we hire these people and they and they last for two or three days. It just makes us look really bad, I think. So like many things, this is often because the person conducting the interview, whether it's a business owner or a manager, doesn't believe 
the job is in balance, meaning the good of the job outweighs the bad of the job. Or the person conducting the interview doesn't know what it is about this particular job that the people who excel in it like about the job. They don't know what's in it for the applicant or the employee to take this job or keep it and like it. They don't know what's in it for the applicant or employee to work in this industry instead of another similar industry. And they don't know what's in it for the employee or applicant to work at our company instead of Brand X. And not having this knowledge puts the business owner at it or, or manager, whoever's doing the interview, at a tremendous disadvantage. Your entire posture will be hesitant, cautious, or even afraid if you can't pinpoint and say specifically, here's what people who like this job and really do well at it, here's what they like about it. Here's the things that they love about it. So what happens is we um, diminish or omit or flat out lie about the things that are negative about the job. And we emphasize and exaggerate how great things are about the job that are required by law, like pay. Remember the unlimited income thing? We exaggerate, well, this job starts out at $19 an hour or whatever it is. Like that's a big deal. Well, unless you're paying 20% more than your competition, that's not a big deal. People historically, very consistently, have not ranked pay above number like five on their concerns about their job. So we find, this, our situa- find ourselves in a situation where we downplay the negative parts of the job and we really emphasize and exaggerate things like pay, which are required by law, or benefits and time off, which are probably the same as your competitors. You're not likely to offer four weeks of vacation while your competitors offer one, and you're not likely to offer one when your competitors offer four. It's probably going to be about the same. So that's not really a benefit if they're looking at different employers in your industry. And we also emphasize things that are not easily described in a meaningful way, like uh, things like a great environment or a great culture. Well, that could mean a lot of things to different people. You know, if you ask 10 people to describe what a great environment would be, you'd probably get eight, eight or nine or 10 different answers. So we emphasize these things that are not helpful because we don't know what is really beneficial about this job. So one thing you'll hear me say over and over and over is, we must know what is in it for our employees to work in our industry instead of other similar industries they may choose when they're looking for the job. We must know specifically what's in it for our employees to work at our company instead of Brand X. And we must know what specifically our employees like about the job they do. So I would invite you to try this exercise And without mentioning things like pay and benefits, including time off, without mentioning things that you can only describe in a nebulous, generic, or ambiguous way, like a great environment or a great culture, and without talking about perks and benefits that your competitors offer, like a flexible schedule, for example. If you offer a flexible schedule, you're probably probably an industry that's allowable. It's not likely that you're offering a flexible schedule, but the company down the street who does exactly the same thing you does can't offer a flexible schedule. Now, if that's possible, that would absolutely be something, or if that's something that exists in your world, that's absolutely something I would include. That Hey, we offer this flexible scheduling and nobody else in our industry does that. However, if pretty much everybody else in your industry does that, that's not really a benefit and a perk anymore. That's just how your op- industry operates. So without listing these things or mentioning things, these things like pay and benefits, nebulous, generic, and ambiguous terms like a great culture, great environment, and perks and benefits that your competitors also offer, list the things that are great about working at your company. And I would really encourage you to do this. And and there's only going to be three boats. Either you got it, you know it, you write it down, no problem. 
you absolutely have no idea what those things are, but they exist because you, you know, you have employees that worked with you for 20 years or 10 years or 15 years and they like the job. You just have never really, at, really asked them what it is about the job they like. That's the second category. Or the third category is you really don't have any of these things. And if that's the case, it's okay. Let, 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 let's start tomorrow. Let's fix that. Let's start immediately. The sooner we can fix that, the better it is. That once you have this information, it changes your posture and everything. You don't have to soft sell the things at the interview like we're talking about. So let's go back to that interview and the negative parts of the job. I believe the best thing we can do is to lay out a complete picture of the job without minimizing or exaggerating any part of it. Right up front, when I start interviews, the very first thing I do, I'm not kidding you, this is the very first thing I do. The first five minutes of the interview I do are give them all the reasons I can think of they wouldn't want this job. I don't want to waste my time talking to somebody who, you know, an on-call shift is a deal breaker or, you know, having to, uh, an unpredictable schedule like many service industries. You, you can't say you're going to be off at 4.30 every day or 5 o'clock every day. Sometimes you have to just, just work until the job's done. If that's not going to work for them, why not just get that out of the way like right up front? So literally the first five minutes of the interview I do with anybody is here's all the things I can think of that people have said that they don't like about this job. Here's the reasons you may not want to have this job. Oftentimes it's due to scheduling. There might be other things you know about. Again, like if a significant part of this job is, is dealing with unhappy people. Like if I was in the collections industry, I'd be right up front about, hey, 85% of the people you talk to are going to be pissed that you're calling. Uh, if you can't deal with that, let's just, let's just part ways right now. Like why not just get that stuff out of the way right up front? So I talk about the reasons why people may not like it. And I talk about the potential deal breakers for applicants based on here's what other people have said they don't like about the job or here's why people have left. I get that stuff out right up front. I do not sugarcoat it. I do not minimize it. I don't downplay it. I'm right up front. Here's what it is. And then right after that, I talk about all the great things about our industry and our company doing exactly it the way I did. I mentioned that exercise a while ago. I don't talk about pay. I don't talk about things that other companies offer. I don't um, use ambiguous terms. I can't be very specific about now. Of course, we're going to have to go over pay. Of course, we're going to have to go over benefits. Of course, we have to go over scheduling and all that kind of stuff. But we also need to cover the unpleasant, unpleasantries and potential deal breakers of the job and the great things about your company and your, in your industry, excluding pay and benefits and time off, excluding those ambiguous terms like a great environment or you know, whatever, you know, great culture. Those are two of the ones I hear pretty commonly. And without mentioning perks and benefits that all your competitors offer, like a flexible schedule, for example. So if you're unsure about how to go about doing this exercise I mentioned, get a hold of me at, at uh, serviceindustrysuccess.com. You can go out there and book a call. You can buy a course that I have on there for 100 It's $197. This course walks you through this step by step. This is the most one of the most beneficial things you can do as an employer is have a real handle on why do people like this job? Is this job in balance? Like if you have the answers to those two things, your entire posture will change on everything, including interviewing. You won't have to stop sell stuff because you know, hey, if this is a deal breaker and this guy doesn't like it, the next one will. It's okay. This is a great job. And here's the reasons why. Here's why the people who, who do well at this job, here's why they love it. I can tell you exactly what it is. When you have that confidence and you have that ability, your world will change. I promise you. So, the first thing I would say is just commit to being completely transparent, open, and honest in interviews. Do not allow yourself to soft sell. Do not allow yourself to omit things that you know are negative. Do not allow yourself to, you know, downplay these things. It just, it, in my opinion, having seen it firsthand, 
we look way worse when we hire a series of people who make it two or three days or two or three weeks, or they try for a month and they just like, you know, I knew day one, this wasn't going to work. I knew I couldn't handle not having a predictable time to get off work. For example, I tried and now you're a month in you're a month with a person who's never going to make it. Why, why would we do that to ourselves? But I see this pretty commonly. So in summary, we know the things that might be a deal breaker. You know in your gut, you know in your heart, the kinds of things that, that people just had not liked. Whether Again, scheduling things is, in service industry, there's a lot of it. Sometimes there's unpredictable days off, unpredictable hours, inconsistent days off, inconsistent hours, on-call shifts. You know, that's, that's a big part of it. You know, folks want to be an electrician because they hear they make a lot of money until they hear, oh, well, you have to work Saturdays. Well, that I don't want to work Saturdays. Well, now you got to figure it out. And it's ludicrous to hide these things until after the applicant is hired. We're only going to make them angry when they figure out that they've been duped. The best case scenario is they're, they're mad for a while and they might try to stick it out and they're going to leave anyway. I see this regularly where employers downplay or admit the negative parts of the job. And I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think it's because the person interviewing, whether it's the business owner or the manager, doesn't believe the job is in balance, meaning the good outweighs the bad. They don't know what it is about this particular job that people who excel in it like about it. They don't know what's in it, in it for an applicant to take this job and like it. They don't know what's in the applicant to, to work in this industry instead of another. They don't know what's in it for the applicant or employee to work at this company instead of Brand X. And I'm telling you, if you don't have that information, you're at a tremendous disadvantage with everything. Your posture is, is timid. It's uh, afraid. You're afraid to hold people accountable. You're afraid to tell them what the job is really like. It's, it makes your life way harder. So why be why put yourself in that in that disadvantage like that? Uh, your entire posture will be hesitant, and that and that changes your entire dynamic in your relationship um, with your employees. So um, we end up emphasizing exaggerating things that are required by law, like pay. Uh, we emphasize and exaggerate benefits and time off, which are likely the same as what your comp- competition offers. And we emphasize and exaggerate things that are not really. Uh, we're not able to describe it in a meaningful way and say things like great environment. So again, you'll hear me say things over and over again. One of those is we got to know what's in it for, for our employees to work in our industry instead of some other one, in another similar industry. We got to know specifically what's in it for our employees to work at our company. And we got to know specifically what our employees like about this job. So try that exercise I mentioned earlier without mentioning things like pay and benefits and nebulous, generic, or ambiguous terms like a great environment, great culture. Don't Allow yourself to use uh, perks and benefits that your competitors offer, like a flexible schedule, if that's something. But list all the things that are great about working at your company. So back to the interview and the negative parts of the job, I believe the best thing we can do is lay out a complete picture of the job right up front without minimizing or exaggerating any part of it. Right up front, I lay out all the reasons they won't like this job that I can think of, the potential deal breakers for applicants, and 30% of people walk out, and that's okay. Hey, I would rather know within five minutes than waste an hour or a week or two months with somebody who this is just it's just not going to work i would rather find out in five minutes and part friends maybe they'll maybe they have a friend who doesn't care about that stuff that's way better than lying to them and having them tell all their friends that this is a terrible place to work because they were lied to um and again we'll back that up with all the great things about our industry and all the great things about our company from that exercise and of course we're going to go over the pay and benefits and scheduling all that stuff we also got to cover those unpleasantries and potential deal breakers. We got to get that stuff out of the way right up front. We got to be completely honest about it. And we talk about all the great things about our company, all the great things about our industry. And that's how we wrap up the interviews with her. If they get through the deal breaker part, they're excited about what they, the opportunity they have in front of them. So 
Thanks for tuning in this week. If you have a friend or a colleague in a uh, who's a business owner in the service industry, please share this podcast with them. If you have time, give us a rating or review. Sure appreciate that. And I'm going to go before I cough again. So that's it for this week. And I will see you all next week. <laughs>